Sorry, I'm super distracted because uh, apparently, Dwight, you have to die. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is... Tiffany, I'm she's, back. She's back. And Alex. Back. Awesome. And we have a special guest this week, a returning guest um, from last... You may remember him from last year's um, movie draft. You may remember him from his blog, Curland on Film. I would like to welcome Scott back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Hey, Scott. <laughs> Ahoy. <laughs> With the chips. Hi, Scott. Ahoy, Sailor. <laughs> Sail is in your mouth. <laughs> Sail is in your mouth. What? Oh. You just make me want to talk Bob's like Burgers? Linda Belcher. No. It's Bob's you Burgers. Do- oh, that's unfortunate. I'm Diarrhea. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So we get some emails. Let's get let's get. Uh, oh, get just straight jumping into right this. into yeah, it. Why not? Yeah. You I... catch up with some small talk, or are we I'm excited. Go? Podcasting at its finest. Okay. Yep. Yep. These yep. are very very quick emails. The first one is from a Mr. Billy. Hmm. Mm. I like Billy. Billy, Billy says, I will direct the three of you in Noises Off. Find a company nearby in a venue, or don't, and we can reenact it at Alex's house. I love this show, and I will direct it over and over again. Perfect. Love, Billy. Okay, done. He didn't write bit love, but I, I put that in because I <laughs> um, felt that that was there. We need more cast members because I don't think we can double up roles. You know, we could probably actually do that because the company that Tiffany and I work with are yeah. pretty lax about, like... If you have a show idea, I guarantee you they but would let us put it on. Big enough show though that yeah, you'd probably have to get rights and stuff the, like that. The rights oh, might yeah. be hard to rights would, yeah. be, would be expensive. A, you're right. So Billy, uh, get on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, can you fund this? Yes. Or Scott, can you fund her? Would you like no. to fund it? No. Okay. Okay. Fair. Scott's out. Our three man show of noises off. No, two man show. I thought I was and in it. One, one woman. woman. Oh, I'm no, a man. Don't be sexist. Oh, sorry. Oh, wait, oh, oh no. All right, end of podcast. <laughs> yeah, all right, that was a good podcast. Good Get out, everybody. <laughs> good, good episode. That I'll was be fun. here all week. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Thank you all for joining. Um, we're out. Bye. Um, wow. Okay, uh, our second email <laughs> comes from The Giggles. Oh, I love The Giggles. That's my, we're the, we're the, you are The Giggles. That's going to be my new uh, catchphrase, is yeah? The Giggles. Comes from a Judd. Oh, I've met him before. I, know him. I like that the only people who email us are people who are guests on the show. Yeah, because that's how emails. we do this. She well, does, but yeah. she's she's been in the room while we've recorded. Yeah, right. Yeah, you we should get, ask oh, her on. We yeah, we'll, we'll Haley, get, this is an official call for you to come on the podcast. Haley can be on girls' she night. She can be on girls' night. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. it can be Carissa, Bonnie, Haley, you. <gasps> and if and if Amanda comes if back, we're gonna make around. this happen. We're gonna make girls' night a thing. It um, is. I think that those I think people now would she, enjoy Girls Night episodes I, from us. I think that would be really fun. Well, to be fair, everyone hates me and Dwight. I think that if we <laughs> left the podcast and Tiffany just took it over, it we, would like go viral in a heartbeat. Yeah, it would have like triple the viewership. So like one 30 fifth, people. Oh, well we have 51 <laughs> likes. Yeah, but so. that doesn't mean 51 people listen. Yes, it does. That's it's a it's a 1 to 1 ratio. Okay, get on with the email. Please. It's from Judd. I Judd thought writes. you guys Judd writes. 
I thought you guys. Well, how do you do a Casey Kasem accent? Um, I thought you guys would like to know. I knew Scott could do it. I thought you guys might appreciate if Tiffany actually ran that route that you show in the video. Oh yeah. So for those who don't know, mm-hmm. um, we talked about it on in on the Tiffany aside in a couple episodes ago yes. about a, a video that Tiffany and I made, mostly Tiffany. Yep. Mostly me. For um, what was the name of the competition? I don't want to. Okay, it's fine. A, it was a New Hampshire-based thing. A New Hampshire-based competition that yeah. Tiffany doesn't want to say because she's very nervous of people on the internet finding us, even though I'm on another podcast called Writer's Bagel Basket, where I say my full name and address every episode no, that I'm on. No, you don't. No, Just your full name. Just the full name. So, so people we want, have a lot of people listening to So if people want to find it, they can. Um, people well, know I don't where like... I'm very private. No one's going to hunt you down and murder you. Okay. Regardless, <gasps> what, Scott's, what Judd says yeah. is that... If you actually ran that route, it would take you 31 hours. It's 94.2 miles. Wait, wait, wait. 31 hours? That's driving, though. No, it's walking. Oh, it's, it's walking? It's specifically walking. Oh, okay, it's not okay. running. Oh, okay. It's just walking. Okay. Some of the locations were trimmed because Google Maps only allows a certain amount of waypoints, and I didn't recognize certain locations. The shoe, the lake, and the castle. Got it. So... He, it would have taken the video was nine, me running by different places in New Hampshire. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We never finished yeah. explaining so that. So that's, yeah. Right. So Judd took all um, the, the locations and it's actually, he went like super into in depth. Wow. 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 Okay. Start running. Um, yeah, I know. Huh. It's starting to get dark. So <laughs> you have to wear one of those neon vests yes. and a headlamp. Well, that's interesting. I love <laughs> it was cool. That. It's a really cool idea. Really so thank cool. you very much for that, Judd. Okay, so uh, the thing that we've been doing with our guests that we've been having on the podcast. Which since, was a genius idea, whoever came up with it. Thank you, Alex. No, it really was a good idea. So the last big top 10 list that we did was our top 10 favorite movies. So currently we are asking our guests what their top five favorite movies are. So Scott, I know you prepared for it. What are your top five favorite movies? So I'm not trying to steal from Judd, but... I did top my top 10 on my podcast, and I didn't want to recycle that because Very I wanted fair. to give you guys fresh stuff. Fresh so, material. So I did my top five and an honorable mention of my top five favorite films about either the movie-making process or set in like a movie theater and about cinema. Mm, okay. okay. So, that sounds good. So my number five is Joe Dante's Matinee with mm. John Goodman. Have you guys ever seen it? No. No, I haven't. What's it about? So John Goodman plays like a B-movie director, like a Ed Wood type, and he has this whole idea to put buzzers in the seats and have an Ant-Man come out. Oh, it's like, um, oh, what's the guy who did the, uh, the Haunted House movie? Um, shit. Continue. <laughs> well, that's basically what he does, but this is going on during the Bay of Pigs. So, so it takes place... The main character, this kid who kind of looks like Neil Patrick Harris, but it's not him. Um, he, uh, his dad is over near the Bay of Pigs, and he keeps having like this this that flashback that his dad's cool. about to be bombed. So he takes his brother to the movies, and then the movie theater starts to kind of come apart because it wasn't prepared for mm-hmm. for this, you know, uh, eccentric director to take over the theater, and mm-hmm. it's. It's insane, and it's Joe Dante. The poster's really cool. <laughs> yeah, the, the poster's, poster's great. Really cool. John, John Goodman's amazing in oh, it. That's amazing. It's a super cool um, and it's my favorite Joe Dante movie. Huh. That and Inner Space. But uh, I just think that it's just a great movie about someone who loves making movies and loves movie theaters, and it's just my number five. That sounds that's super awesome. 
fun. Like just the poster alone makes me want to see that it's movie. A, it, no one saw it, and it really pisses me off. I've never heard of it. It looks the poster looks really fun, and John Goodman is just John Goodman's gold. amazing. Well, He's good in everything. Dwight, Dwight and I have talked about this. Yeah. My dad took me to the movies a lot as a kid, and this was one of the movies mm-hmm. he took me to. And I was like, "Thanks, I didn't I didn't understand the thing about the <laughs> Bay of Pigs, but John mm-hmm. Goodman and had Fred Flintstone." Uh, the person I was thinking of is uh, William Castle. Oh. William Castle would do like these gimmicks and stuff like that. Uh, he would like string skeletons to, oh, yeah. to fly down the middle of the oh, aisle. Awesome. He would have like sure people in who, costumes come out. Yeah. I want to say on. he did. I think he's the one who did the Tingler, which is a. Um, uh, it, it's it's a movie about like this creature called the Tingler that like attaches to the back of people's like um, necks, oh, and so he had rigged a, buzzers yep, in their yep, seats yep, yep. to like, and so like some people in the audience had these buzzers, and so like the lights, like part of the movie, it's Vincent Price. And he's like, the screen goes dark. Yeah. They turn off all the other lights in the theater. And like Vincent Price just goes, oh, the tingle is loose. The tingle is loose in the theater. And like then the seats start yeah. buzzing and people like start screaming. That's so amazing. it's a really cute idea that they don't really do anymore. And that's exactly what this reminded yeah, me of. Yeah, it so that's really cool. is. That's really neat. I um, love it. And you get to see the man who owns the movie theater the whole time. He's like, should you be doing that? Please don't mess with my theater. I don't <laughs> want it to be destroyed. And then the theater gets destroyed. Uh, spoilers, but it came out in 92, so you had a very long time to see it. Yeah, losers. <laughs> my I mean, no. no. All right, what's your second? Uh, my number four is Singing in the Rain. Ooh. Another movie I've never seen, and I feel like sad. And everyone's like, that's about making movies. It's about the end of the silent film era. Yep. And, yep. and everyone's transitioning to talkies, and they... They constantly mention the jazz singer a lot in that movie, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> well, wasn't the jazz singer the first mm-hmm. movie? Yeah, yeah, so the studio is trying to compete with uh, Warner Brothers and the jazz singer. And Gene Kelly, who is this Don Lockwood, that's a name, um, he's the Good biggest name. silent film error, like actor. He's this Douglas Fairbanks swashbuckler. And... His leading lady, she talks like this the entire time. <laughs> and like the first 20 minutes, she's not talking. You're like, why isn't she talking? Why, why are they like just basically degrading her? And then she's like, can I get a word in edgewise? And you understand. And the whole movie is about having to replace her voice. And that's, oh where, and that's where Debbie Reynolds comes in. And like it's just, it's really, when you find out how much went into making the movie, like, it's a movie about making movies, but when you find out the back end of making the actual movie, uh, in the actual singing in the rain part, Gene Kelly wasn't happy with the puddles, mm-hmm. so he had them <laughs> dig up the fake sidewalk and put in potholes that he would fill with water. Oh my god! And he had like a fever while he was doing it, and he he directs the movie. He's co-director, and he treated Debbie Reynolds like garbage the entire movie. To the point where she would cry if she wasn't dancing correctly. And Fred Astaire just came in. He's like, do you want me to teach you how to dance so Jean doesn't? She goes, please. Oh, my God. That's like my dream. And Mutual, I'm sure. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. It it really is. And um, it's just two two really weird time periods being Mm -hmm. meshed into a musical. And, I mean, this was also the first jukebox musical because all the songs already existed way before and they and the guy who wrote them is like just throw my songs into this movie i don't care what the story is just do something and it's just a fun love letter to hollywood 
And it's number five on the FI 100 Greatest Movies of All Time list. So why haven't we all seen it? I've seen it. I feel like I need to see it because I think I would love it. A bunch. Yeah. So I'm guessing you hate it? I love it. It's great. I feel like I need to see. Donald Connor in it is, he's he's insane. He, he walks up the wall. He just flips up a wall. Yeah, like great. one of those like wacky things with Make like, the laugh. sticky. Make him laugh. And number three, I think, I'm not sure if Alex hates this movie or likes it. <laughs> Hail Caesar. It's fine. I've never, oh. I never oh. saw that one either. Perfectly serviceable. Yeah. Not a great Coen Brothers movie. Oh, it looked so good from the trailer. I just, I, I love, I love that time period. Yeah. It was between either doing Hollywood Land <laughs> or... Hail Caesar about, mm. and I had to go with Hail Caesar because Josh Brolin in this movie, the the whole studio fixture thing always fascinated me that it was a guy's job to just slap people around <laughs> uh, if stuff wasn't getting done. That's what Dwight is for our podcast. I, I slap people around? Yeah. Please don't hit me again. <laughs> well, maybe you should keep on talking, God damn it. Dwight, no, no. Dwight's never hit me. Oh. Hard. <laughs> er. He hasn't. Er, he's never hit me when I didn't ask for it. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Jeez. No, like when I verbally cool. asked for it, not like I was being being sassy. You were, you were like, being lippy. Wow. I was asking for it. Anyway, tell me about Hail Caesar. <laughs> How were I you wanted dressed? to see it and then I didn't see it because I'm not well, a big Coen Brothers so, person. So, so I'm like, eh. it, it's another time period piece, and it's yep. about yep. these big sandal and sword movies mm-hmm. and. George Clooney is the star of the studio, and he gets kidnapped by communists. And, <laughs> like you do. And it, it's just, you get to see all the different genres. You see yeah. a Busby Berkeley musical. You see this, like, Reagan-style Western. Like, uh, Han Solo's in the movie, Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, my God. And he's fantastic. That's right. That's and, and his character is based on Ronald Reagan, so we're supposed to believe that this this guy's going to end up being president and this guy is a hayseed. <laughs> like, <laughs> he talks like this. Oh, my God. Well, uh, I mean... I, I think it's happen. just... Yeah. It's old school Coen Brothers, like 90s Coen Brothers to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about it. It reminded me of the Hudsucker Proxy, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite Coens. And Alex is like, what? <laughs> I like Ethan. I also hate the Hudsucker Proxy. Really? So. Paul Newman? Those are Tim- like... You've currently named like two of the worst Coen Brothers movies. I don't so. like any well, see, they're doing. Movies. You're really nailing it. Barton Fink, great movie. Barton Fink's great. Great movie. But Hudsucker Proxy is like Howard Hawks. Like he's doing the old His Girl Friday. I I get it. You just don't like it's it. It's just not good. All right, that's yeah. why Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors. I'm gonna say there's gonna be a lot of fighting on this episode. Yeah. I also, know. this is the episode where Tiffany and I cry. <gasps> okay. Continue. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so that's, excited. That's yeah. To say yeah. At, the, at the top. There's fighting and crying. There's a lot of emotions. <laughs> Moving on to number two. Number two. two, two, two. Uh, I picked a documentary. Ooh. Um, Is it called American Movie? No, oh. but... That's the but only good documentary. It's the greatest well, it's documentary ever made. Fact. <laughs> Continue. But you inspired me with movies. that. Sorry, of a documentary about making movies. I picked The Kid Stays in the Picture about one of my favorite producers of all time, Robert Evans, and about how he went from being like... Uh, Just looking up all these... A, a woman's clothing <laughs> designer. Him and his brother had a company that made women's slacks, and he was swimming laps in a pool, and he got discovered to become an actor. 
And then he's like, I don't want to be the actor. I want to be the guy who's calling the shots. And they're like, oh, you want to be a director? He's like, no, I want to be the producer. And it's all about how he made Chinatown and The Godfather. Oh, wow. And how he had a terrible drug problem. Uh, like you do. Oh, wow. Or the best drug problem. <laughs> like, wow. There, there's a line. He talks about making Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. And Sinatra wanted to pull Mia Farrow off. And there's a line in the movie where he goes, Sinatra was on line one, and baby, he wasn't crooning. (laughs) I get it. Because he was a singer. I get it. And the whole movie is like that. The whole movie is just this crazy... What year was it made? 2002. Oh, wow. Sorry, I'm looking it up. It's it's also based on his autobiography. Yeah, they took took his audio book... That's and they cool. just they just put photos over it, and they made a movie, oh. and they put clips from the movie in it, and it's, I can't believe it was an audio book that they just turned into a movie. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. a really really yeah. cool thing to do. And my number one film, and one, I'm gonna one, sound one. so pretentious. It's okay. Cinema Paradiso. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another movie I haven't seen. I'm yeah, I such seen a terrible terrible Have film person. It? Yeah, it's fine. Wow. Wow. It's like considered one of the greatest movies yeah, ever made. And yeah. I'm just like, it's okay. Huh. Well, so I, I so reckon, what's it about? And, and I recognize yeah. it for why it's considered like just like mm-hmm. Citizen Kane. Yep. But it's a movie I'll never watch again. Huh. So what's it about, Scott? And why do you like it so much? Yeah. And why is Alex wrong? <laughs> I'm not going to. You know me. I don't say anyone's wrong even when they're. I think um, Scott's wrong. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the difference between me and Scott. Um, it's basically, it takes place in Italy and it's about this young boy who grew up in a movie house and he ends up becoming the project, the projectionist (laughs) because the man who was like his father, his Mm -hmm. father got killed in world war one Okay. and our world war two, one of the war world wars, dead dad. Anyways, (laughs) um, world war two. So this projectionist becomes like his father and they have this great father-son story, but it also shows how Italy was like censoring the films that were shown in the theater. Oh, okay. Um, well, actually, the church was censoring the films that were shown in the theater. Um, so anytime there was kissing or nudity, they would be like, "Get that out of there!" Boo. Which is so weird because like nudity. Italy is, I f- I feel like one of those very liberal places with film now. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. so much. Interesting. And. Just the love of, of a movie theater. It just showcases like how great it is and like how encompassed people are by cinema. And also, Dwight, you know, I'm a huge person for father-son stories. Fair. And I've always loved the whole father-son aspect of someone who, who is a surrogate father and what happens to him in the movie, why the kid has to become the projectionist. Because the uh, spoilers, there's a the the film is covered in kerosene and it catches on fire. Oh no! And he goes blind because the fire basically burns out his eyes. That's better than him dying, which I is feel what like I, I would, would love this happen. movie. It's it's fantastic it's a movie for me. So it, you have described to me the plot of Last Action Hero mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing. The guy in the in the. Uh, in the projection booth and the projectionist and everything like that. It's and weird the, you mention it because Arnold comes out. Yeah, right? Last Action Hero. I, I can get behind that movie. It's a good movie. I think Shane Black wrote it. Shane Black did write it. Yeah. Shane greatest Black, Shane, Shane Black, Black and person, William Goldman. Greatest person to ever exist. Shane Black's the worst. <laughs> just kidding. I actually, like Shane Black. It's just too easy. 
It is. So those are good it movies. I want to like see it. all of those now. And my honorable yeah. mention, I think he this pointed, is for, he pointed at me. This is oh. for you. I hate it. Oh. Okay. Thanks. I hate it. What it, is it? It's a uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> I hate it. Inglorious Bastards. Oh, great movie. I've never Love seen that, that either. Such an amazing and movie. And that because it it covers both cinema but also the type of cinema that was taboo mm. like you know Goebel's whole film studio that he was trying to run with Nazi propaganda films uh. but also it shows a really nice movie theater yes yep. and where hitler gets murdered spoilers I see this <laughs> I was I don't know why I didn't see it but I did It's a great movie. You, it, you didn't see it because it's Quentin Tarantino and oh, you're like I don't like Quentin Tarantino. I think that's exactly why. That was my Tiffany impression, and that's why she didn't see. She Glorious also Bastards. does that thing with Do her arms. Do I sound like Waluigi? Just like what you said. Wow. Wow. I'll get you, Batman. <laughs> I want to be in Smash Brothers, and I play tennis. Wow. 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 This that's is you. very that's aggressive. Tiffany. Um, that's Tiffany. But I want to see also, every movie on your. Also, list. I love that one of the heroes is a film critic. Uh, Michael oh. Fassbender's character yep. is a film critic, and that's I was cool. like, finally, <laughs> we're <you're> cool. <laughs> finally. <laughs> You show me a movie where a film critic is like, you know, speaking in German, fighting Nazis, and I'll point you at a really great it's, movie. It's Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Oh, hey, you pointed us to a really uh, great movie. What a great movie. I saw Inglorious Bastards once. I saw it in theaters, and there was a couple moments in there that I was like, this could really be trimmed down. Yep. That was my only complaint with the movie. It that's, felt a little bit long in the tooth at certain times, but that's just Tarantino. That's a, Yeah, that's how I feel about Tarantino in general. Most of his movies can be trimmed down. Tarantino, to me, is Stephen King to you. He's gotten to the mm, point where yep. he nobody will tell him no, and yep. he doesn't have an editor that is like, hey, you really need to tighten this up. There's nobody that's, who's like stepping on his neck. That's to tell because Sally Mackey, yeah. his editor, died. His editor died. <laughs> oh. When did she die? Uh, she Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Was her last month? Or she right died before? during... Well, she, she was died editing dur- it. During it. Oh, no. Well, now I just, just feel like a total asshole. Oh, no. <laughs> I did not know this. Yeah. That's super sad. So that's why so Once just, Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably going to be four hours long. Yep. So just kidding. I um, <laughs> also I'm very sorry. Editors. No, I agree with you. I actually do agree with you. Um, Stephen King's the worst. <laughs> uh, Castle Rock is so good. I know it's not Stephen King, but well, it's his side world. Note. Yeah. Anyways. We'll talk about that on another. Podcast. So those are Scott's. Uh, could you run us through those one more time, please? Yep. Number five is something. Number four is something else. No, I'm just kidding. Number five is Madinee. <laughs> Number four. Uh, is singing in the rain. Number three is Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Number two is the kid stays in the picture. Number one is Cinema Paradiso, and number honorable mention <laughs> is Inglorious Bastards. So really six at this point. No honorable mention. Okay, sorry. No, honorable mention. Um, I love the theme of your list. And so the theme was I love it. movies about making movies. I Originally, love it. I was going to go with con men movies, but I could only think of <laughs> like three. No, I like I like your theme. The, the Sting. That's my number one. Uh, Matchstick Man. Nope. Who doesn't put Matchstick Man on I their I totally list? forgot about it. Great movie. I forgot about you it. You don't like it? I've never seen it. Oh, it's such a great movie. Name a movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, na- name awful. a movie? Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws 2. Jaws 3. Jaws 3. Jaws, Jaws 4, 4, The Revenge. Okay. Um, That's a good segue. Speaking of Jaws. Ooh. Thank you. Great segue. We have all seen a little ditty, a little movie. Called Jaws. A giant movie. Nice. <laughs> solid. Called The Meg. Oh, my what God. Is it's the a Meg. The Meg. <laughs> Scott, what is The Meg about? Uh, throwing it over. You're, you are our resident film don't critic. Make, don't make him decide. Can, can I just you? say one thing? Yes. 
this is how I describe the movie. It's Jason Statham fist fighting a shark. Yep. That's all you need to know. Is that describing the movie or is that describing a scene no, in the movie? No, that's describing the movie. That's the whole movie? Honestly, I, as soon as you see him in the trailer, you're like, he's going to fist fight that shark. Um, I disagree with your synopsis of the movie. <laughs> I... I only disagree because there was not enough of that in this movie. Yeah, well, I, I wish well, yeah. the whole last hour That's was just him doing yes. that. And you'd be like, is he still fighting that shark? <laughs> I agree. They cut away and they cut back. Well, I, I wish it had like, gotten like painfully long about oh, yeah. him just like wailing on the shark. <laughs> like like a Zucker shark. Brothers movie. Like shark, airplane. I wanted him shark, to like stop it. grab the shark by like the gill. Do they even have gills? Yes. Gills. Yes. And just start punching it repeatedly until it gets punched drunk. And by shark, I mean Megalodon. Yes. It is. Okay. So. Okay. So the. You gonna tell the actual plot of the yeah. movie? Okay, yes. There was a plot to this movie. Yeah, it was Basically, terrible. This marine biologist facility—they never say what it is, what it does. It's supposed to be just like un- covering sea life. Yeah. But but they discover that underneath the ocean, there's another ocean. What? And it's a pre. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I that, agree. That's cool. I just wish that I didn't pay so much to see it on the biggest screen possible. Um, and what they do is they, when they come up, they release a megalodon, which is a dinosaur shark, <laughs> and it's humongous. Yeah. So uh, jaws Megal- on steroids. So megalodon is the largest recorded thing I'm pretty sure that's ever existed. If I'm not mistaken, I like, believe it. They found like fossils of these things, and they've they've shown pictures. There's a picture of it in Jaws of like these six or eight scientists standing in the jaws of yep. one of these things. Like they are, were, they were like eighty feet, a hundred feet. I have no idea. They were huge. huge. Maybe they weren't the biggest things on the world, but because dinosaurs were a thing. But like it's it's this giant prehistoric shark that, in theory, is still around, mm. according to. This movie, and they do go into the Mariana Trench, and they find that there's another ocean below it. And you're right; they find a megalodon in there, and that part was pretty okay. They only find one megalodon in there. Oh. Spoilers! What? <sighs> this is based on a book, by the way. Yeah, it's based on a book that's like eleven books in the series. It's mm-hmm. nuts. What? It's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, we I need to the way home. I need yeah. to read all these books. Do you the know who was originally cast in the movie when they bought the rights in '97? Yeah, they bought the rights when the book came out. Uh-huh. No, who was originally cast? George Clooney. Oh, that would have been cool. I, George Clooney fist fighting a shark. Well, see. I bet you that if this movie was made in 97, they wouldn't have gone that route they because that doesn't happen ending. in the book. Yeah, he goes inside the shark and rips out its heart. Yeah, like you should. That's awesome. Which is amazing. Yes. Um, so, And then all these babies come out. Yeah, and that's kind of the sequels. Is, yeah. is all, all the extra, yeah, all the, all the other sharks. So basically, oh when he rips out its heart, it poops out babies. That's what I and would only do. One I'm survived. pretty sure there's a lot based in scientific fact on that because I know a lot of women who have died in childbirth. If somebody ripped out my heart, I would heart poop out, out like so many babies. So many, like 14 babies, right? Like, like a thousand. How babies. many sharks though? Uh, seven megalodons, three great whites, and a barracuda, and like a million piranhas, but they're really microscopic. Right. This was actually the movie I was waiting for because I just wanted something dumb and fun. And any time I see Jason Statham, I'm like, ah, it's going to be awful, but I'm going to love it. I mean, I don't think that any time I think here see Jason Statham. What, well, what has he been in that's good? Snatch. Oh, Like right. the greatest movie ever made. Well, his first two movies were really good. And Lockstock. Lockstock. Yeah. Oh, in Spy, he's pretty good. Spy, he's the only good thing in Spy. Right. Because Melissa McCarthy ruins every movie she's in 
pin for later. <laughs> Who was it? Was he in the Italian job? He is. Yeah, That's he plays a good handsome movie. Rob. He's like good in the, the Italian job. He's good in the bank job, too. He, he likes jobs. In the bank but job. after, jobs. after he did Crank, he's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm just going to make dumb movies. Crank and Crank 2 are awful movies. I thought they were supposed to be stupidly fun. Um, like nope, the Meg. They're, they're just stupid. Like the Meg. The Meg is stupidly fun. I This movie makes no sense. It's incredibly stupid. But man, is it fun. But why is Dwight Schrute there? I never understood why Rain Wilson. Yeah, what? Because he's got a lot of money. And he's a bad guy? But, but I, he's not a I, bad guy. He's just. He's a dick. S- stop thinking about it. This movie's terrible, but fun. I liked Ruby Rose in it a lot. And she was she was I, eh, fine. Well, I like her in anything. Yeah, I like her Yeah, she's Like in she's John Wick 2 when she plays the deaf hitman. Mm. I haven't seen John oh, Wick 2. she's awesome in that. It's a good movie. Like I said, name a movie. Bet you I haven't seen it. I'm um, a bad movie. The liker. Megalodon. Wait, The Meg. Ooh. It's called The Meg. I've seen it. It's oh, good, yeah. It's, like, a, it's a movie. When, so, H- when Haley and I saw the trailer, we just, as soon as he said, oh, my God, it's a Megalodon, we just started going, oh, my God, it's a Megalodon. Oh, my God, it's a Megalodon. Um, this trailer pissed me that off. That would be a yeah? great theme song. The, the, the trailer pissed me off because the tone of the trailer yeah. is what yeah. I wanted this movie to yes. be. And like, I, I'm a little bit upset at myself for allowing myself to be lied to by mm-hmm. stuff like that or like falling for the lie because it is obviously a trailer's job to get your mm-hmm. butt in the seat. Mm-hmm. And that trailer made this movie look like a nonstop, just insanity-filled romp. Mm-hmm. Where in reality, in my opinion, this movie gets extremely boring in the middle. I really 100% does. Because agree, yeah. yeah. You have this Megalodon. Like, it takes, first off, it takes like 30 minutes for them to show the Megalodon. Fine. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, fine. If we had characters that we cared about, then I would maybe would have forgiven him more. You mean you didn't care about the, the woman who divorced or her husband died? I don't remember. He d- left her? Jason Statham's Jason Statham's ex-wife. ex-wife. No, 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 no. The Asian woman. Oh. oh. Lee Bing Bing. Oh. Yeah. That's her name. She had a... She was a single mom and... Her yeah, her husband left with her, uh, masseuse or something like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then was. she was trying to find love and then they made made they it forced the like love story. Jason right. Statham be so, like, uh, No, I didn't care about that That's love story. fine. Okay. I can kind of forgive the setup. It's set up. All right, whatever. You're introducing characters we'll, we'll call them characters air, air quotes on characters um once the megalodon gets out the movie should start like that's when all the fun and mm-hmm. awesome stuff should happen mm-hmm. it just swims in one spot in a circle for like <laughs> two hours of the movie not two hours that's an exaggeration 30 minutes the, like if, if yeah. the movie is 90 minutes long like, yeah if, it's a third it, of the movie it's a third of the movie it's in one location swimming in a circle right come on and then like, they kill it and then there's another man. Oh my another god, that was done. so fun though. What what did you think of Jason Statham singing "Just Keep Swimming"? I don't remember that part. Um, I don't I remember do, a lot from this movie. I do remember that. Is because, that when he was going to kill the first shark? Yeah, he goes, "Just keep swimming." Oh yeah, just keep swimming. Jason oh, Statham was, was a great I was like, choice. Pixar's for this gonna sue him. Yeah, I, I, you're I not going to hear me defend this movie. I have some major issues with like major that issues. specifically. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of Rain Wilson's character, mm-hmm. why? The whole portion with him, like he's he's in a helicopter, right? Okay, he's in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. He's safe from the shark. Why did he go down to the carcass? I forget why. What he wanted he goes, a tooth. Why did he go down? Why didn't he send all of his lackeys? Because he wanted a tooth. Army That's man. so yeah, yeah. stupid. Yeah, the, the, 
you're not gonna hear me defend a single thing in this movie. It's 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 a terrible movie. I know. The little girl was adorable. I was just gonna she say was very that good. she was the best part she of this movie. Yeah, other than super Megalodon. fun to watch. But you get to watch fun. Jason I, Statham fight a shark with a knife. Yeah, that that was great. That was great, but it was just like... Well, the only reason we actually went to see this movie is because the drive-in was showing that and Jaws back-to-back. Wait, do you like Jaws? fucking love Jaws. It was a a cool double feature. It It was was like, watch this terrible movie and then watch this This, perfect movie. This felt like a sci-fi movie. It did. And I I was like, why are they making this in the theaters? This should be on sci-fi, right? (sighs) I agree with you. I agree with you. I wish... What I wish they had done with this movie was take that last half an hour, mm-hmm. move that to the middle, mm-hmm. maybe not kill the shark at the end of that, and then ha- like because you need that giant beach attack yep. earlier in the movie. Yeah. That is the highlight of the movie. That should be either like go like going into that should be your your third uh, like going into the third act like yep. that's your big act two action sequence, and then the third act is like the fallout from that and like them like needing to go rest like. Yep. Officially go and hunt down I and kill agree. the shark. This also should have been rated R. Like, yes, you're 100 percent right I, on that. See, I I thought this was going to be like Piranha 3D, which which was a hard R. It was a hard R, but it was also dumb and gross and funny. Yep, and I I, agree. I, I love it, and that's what I wanted this to be. But I definitely don't hate that movie. I, I it's it's you're right. It's stupid and fun, and it's it it takes its premise. And it runs with it. The tone of that movie matches what you're expecting. Right. Whereas the tone of this movie, it takes itself way too seriously. And I think that's what because they casted Jason Statham. I think if you have your lead, if they casted The Rock or Will Smith or... Oh my God, that would have been freaking amazing. It, it's weird. And hilarious. Because on How Did This Get Made, they did The Meg. Today it came out today, if I'm dating this. But, but they mentioned cast August The Rock or Will Smith. And yeah. I was like... That's perfect casting. That would have been. I, I wouldn't have watched it with Will Smith. I think Will Smith's kind of washed up at this point. I think it would have been fun. I think well, it would have worked because it's a water movie. I think he's washed <laughs> up. I, I, I the, the Rock, I will watch literally anything with The Rock. I watched Skyscraper, and I talked about it on this, didn't I? I Die so. argument? Um, no. Skyscraper. It's Die Hard. It's Die Hard with it's, a prosthetic. It's nothing like Die Hard. I've never White House it. Down is way more like Die Hard than Skyscraper is like Die it's Hard. It's Die Hard in, in a the Skyscraper. skyscraper. I hate both of you. <laughs> the Rock. I'd Dwayne. watch The Rock fight a Meg. That'd be awesome. I'd watch him. I bet he'd do it in real life. He probably has done it in real life. That's why there's no Megs left. Yeah. Well, it, it did feel like this movie was supposed to be like a Rock and Kevin Hart movie because there's that one guy who was like, I can't swim. I'm like, that's Kevin Hart's character. That was supposed to be Kevin Hart's character. That would have been awesome. No. Kevin no, Hart makes no, like out Kevin all Hart. movies terrible. <laughs> Is he him? So him, him and Melissa McCarthy. If they what? ever star in a movie together, they did. Like a, Central Intelligence. Remember, be like Melissa she, McCarthy was in that. Yeah, she. Oh my god, I forgot about her. It'd be like a black hole. She um, she, yeah. she plays Jason Bateman's wife. Um, no. Jason Bateman was in that movie. The, they have a cameo. How did I forget about Jason Bateman being? So in she that didn't movie? star in the movie. She was but just in the but movie. But she's in a movie okay, with Kevin okay. Hart. A movie starring Kevin Hart and Melissa McCarthy will be, and I quote, the worst movie ever made. So when it gets made. Yeah, it will get made, and it will be the worst movie ever made. Okay. What if it wins like a ton of Oscars? I, with that new category that they have coming yeah, in? Yeah, You, most you can quote me on this one. Okay, well, you're on the podcast. You've oh, okay. been quoted. Cool. Done. Ah, the Meg. It was a movie. It it's was a, a movie. movie. What was your favorite part, Tiffany? Um, when the 
larger shark, <laughs> which I knew was coming because yep. I forget who there's that no- character was, was like hanging off the edge of the thing. And there's the other shark just comes out of nowhere and eats him. And it was great. Yep. That was pretty awesome. That was my favorite part. That was part. easily the best part of the movie. <laughs> I think one of my other least favorite parts of this movie is the amount of times that they would have like two characters swimming away from the yeah, megalodon yeah. and then one person would be like, all right, fine. I'll just kill myself by yep. splashing to distract it. Yep. You can only do that once, guys. You can't do it like four times. Also, they you set can. it up to be like, oh, his ex-wife's on this thing. They're going to refine love again. Mm-hmm. And then she disappears for like yeah. all of the movie. Yeah, she like fucks right off. Like there's, she does not show up for over half of it. It's a weird movie. It's a movie. It is a movie. That's a fact. There are moving pictures. Not the worst movie I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Fair. Just keep teasing that. Yeah, I'm going to pin there. <laughs> how's, bum, Melissa, bum. how's Melissa McCarthy doing? I just She's fine. weirdly. You guys want to talk about a good movie, or do you have anything else to say on the Meg? Uh, no, I'm, I'm done with the Meg. Fair. Hey, Tiffany. Hi. We saw another movie. Would you it. like to please talk about it and ball your eyes out? Stop it. Uh, so, well, when did we see this? When was this? A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago? Um, it was before we vacation. Saw... It was before Taylor's wedding? Or was it after her so wedding? So, end of was... July, beginning of August? I think it was, yeah, end of July. End of July. Uh, we saw Eighth Grade. Uh, eighth Grade was on my movie list that I drafted solely based on the plot, mm. um, which is just a girl navigating through Eighth Grade. It's really all you need to know about it. I who feel directed like. it? Uh, Bo Burnham, who mm. I decided that I have um, a little crush on because I never got into Bo Burnham. I was not into that YouTube stuff. So Dwight and I kind of played catch up and watched a lot of his videos online. I was like, oh, oh, okay. He's cool. Um, don't make me explain stuff. I don't. Okay. okay. I, Alex, do you want to take over I, or do you want me to? Well, eighth grade is about this girl who is uh, in eighth grade. <laughs> And that's what I mean. That's really that's all you need to know. That's really all it is. It's kind of a it's a coming of age story. It's about a girl dealing with finishing eighth grade and going into high school and how that transition is. And just, you know, general things that go on in life and general things that go on in life. And, you know, when you're 12 or 13 or whatever age you are, 13, I think 13 would be the right age. Going into high school. Yeah. 13, 14. Yeah. So Tiffany. Yeah. As the only person here who knows what it's like to be a 13-year-old girl, mm-hmm. um, mm. how was eighth grade? <laughs> I had the most visceral response to this movie in the friggin' world. Like, we got into the car, and I started talking about it and just started bawling my eyes out. Because I was that kid. Mm-hmm. Like, the super awkward, but like, tr- like... The way that she talks to people where she's just trying to be nice and trying to, like, associate herself with other people, even though she knows she's super awkward, like, that was me. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, I just want to make small talk with you, but I don't really know. Like, just everything about the way she behaved and acted just was so friggin' relatable. It was just... It's a great performance. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she was amazing. Amazing. Like, the scene where she's going to the pool party and she's having, like, an anxiety meltdown in the bathroom. I'm like, this is this is me. Like, this is me as an adult. Yep. You know? So, I, just, I don't know how, how they did it, but it was amazing. Especially casting a bunch of people who are, like, unknown. 
Well, they actually cast eighth, eighth graders, graders, which yeah, was refreshing and, and great. Helps and it, and it was, I liked it a lot. Well, see, I thought they all looked like they were like 30. <laughs> 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 ha, but it really did help. And like, I'm all over the place because it's, no, it's been a it. few weeks since we've seen it. So I'm kind of trying to like mm-hmm. assemble it in my mind. But just like the way kids talk. Like even things down to like her phone is shattered and she's on Instagram and just all of these things that never get portrayed properly. I think in mm-hmm. movies, it's like you see like the stuff on like Nickelodeon or like Disney Channel, and every teenager looks like they're forty five, like they're yeah. all dressed up and makeup on. It's like that's not real. Mm-hmm. Like this, this was like as close as you're going to get to like what being in eighth grade is actually like. And I can't, speaking of being in eighth grade, I can't speak to the exact experience that she's mm-hmm. going through because I obviously was not a female. Yeah. But um, yeah. but I think that this movie is universal mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. if you're a, a boy or a girl yeah. watching yeah. it, yeah. regardless of what generation you are. Yep. Because even yep. though it's very modern, I think that a lot of what was going on, those interactions between kids never really change yep. from they generation don't. to generation. They really don't. Like, people are still terrible to each other. There's oh. still the popular clique and there's yep. still the, the yeah. nerdy people or yeah. the people who don't quite fit in. So I think that no matter what, this movie is going to be a good touchstone for kids that age to watch. Yep. Like there are very like few times that I think kids can watch a movie and accurately see themselves either mm-hmm. represented mm-hmm. or people like them, their age, yeah. doing things like that. So I, I really like that it was able to like portray that whole experience just in general. Well, I'm even thinking particularly about the scene where she hooks up with the high school kids and like she basically gets pressured to have sex in the car. Like and and things like that I think are not hit on in teen movies. Like, you know, there there's oh sex and drinking, whatever, but that feeling of being taken advantage by like an upperclassman, all that stuff, all that, those are things that you heard about when you were in school. Like, Oh, this person, like that stuff happens and you never see that portrayed very realistically. I mm-hmm. thought so that was that, the most uncomfortable. It was part of so, the movie. Un- right. but it, it was, was uncomfortable, it was so but terrible. it was uncomfortable, but, but that happens yep. on yes. a regular basis to, and not just an upperclassman, underclassman thing, but just females in general, in mm-hmm. that age group, in high school, in college, in life. So it's like, it's really cool to see, not that it's cool that it happens, but it's really good to see that on screen and be like, no, this this is a thing that happens. Also, the fact that it didn't have a resolution that was mm-hmm. terrifying yep. Was, yep. was handled really yep. well. And yeah. the, the scene that it leads into mm-hmm. with her and her dad. Oh my God. Is, that was great. And then it leads oh. into the, the cutest first date so you great. will ever see. So great. It, like, just it hit all of the right beats. I loved. Sorry, I'm just gonna just gush about this movie. It's okay. I loved that it was framed around her YouTube channel, and then she would be talking about things like, "Hey guys, like you know, you just gotta get out there and like be yourself." And it's like juxtaposed with her having a horrible time. Like, oh man, there was like I was having this party, and like my dad asked me to like invite this girl I didn't really like, and what, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like. Yeah. I, I guarantee oh. I've talked about that on this before, but that is one of my favorite techniques used in that. a movie. I love like that. Like they do it in Notions, whatever. Um, like where they talk about explaining the plan, mm-hmm. and then and they while sh- they're explaining the plan, what is happening is going yeah. on. So that is a perfect example of this because she's like talking about an experience, quote unquote, right. that she had. When she's clearly talking about what That's she sad. is actually going right. through, but she's like projecting and blah, blah, blah. It and was so great. And the act structure, the way they use that as the act structure. So each act yep. mm-hmm. was Had a segmented mm-hmm. with the, the YouTube video. It's just a great way to, to structure her, her character and her, her story. Like just 
Oh my god! And the thing with her dad, like, like I forget what he says to her, like, you know. I'd be proud to. Ha- I'm oh. proud to have a daughter like oh. you. Just talking, like, because she's like, oh, am I a failure? Or am I, you know? I forget what she asked him. Like, I don't even remember. I, I, if I, I had a was... daughter who was a disappointment, like me. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So, and it just. I loved, and Scott and I were talking like before, but like the the dad character is just he was so he was my favorite. He was so great. Like, also, what a cool thing to see just a a parent trying to navigate that time, mm-hmm. like the scene where they're at dinner and she's got her headphones on and he's like trying to just like talk to her. He's trying to connect with her, and, and, and she's just like, nope. And I'm like, just it was a cool little insight to. I think being a parent now and having all of those distractions and, and not really quite being able to, to handle it or, or to, you know, to I, put the kibosh on it. I wonder how that scene would read to somebody who is mm-hmm. 13 or, or 12. Cause like, I wonder how, if they would view that and be like, why is this father I would, being super annoying? I to would the, hope to the that daughter? they would see this and be like, wow, this is really rude. <laughs> I would hope that that was, but I want, I wonder if they would yeah. see it and be like, why is he being annoying to her? But, but like what viewing it, we don't even have kids, but viewing it from like mm-hmm. our age and being like, mm-hmm. Wow, it's it's insane how disconnected she is and how yeah. like rude she is and being I, to him. I, but I think that now in their mm-hmm. age at thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. they'll be like, "Oh, he's being so annoying." But when they get older, yep. they're gonna be like, "She's being such a dick." That's what I was just gonna <laughs> say. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they casted an indie actor, Josh Hamilton, who he was awesome. He's been around for years doing mm, yeah. indie movie after indie movie. The fact that they cast him, who's kind of like an unknown, instead of like a Steve Carell. Like, because if they casted, like, Steve Carell or Paul Rudd, it would take you, like, right out of it. Definitely. But the fact that they casted someone who is so indie, and he's a theater actor, and he's just so good good. in it. And the the nerdy guy, the nerdy kid who has a crush on her, I was that kid (laughs) in middle school. And I was like, you are my hero. (laughs) So cute. And I was like, when I first saw him, I was like, he's a little animal. Like, like... (laughs) He's a he's animal. In the, he's in the pool and he's like, wanna watch? You wanna see how long we can hold our breath for? That's such a little kid and thing though. Like, like so I was never that person to walk up to somebody and just strike up a conversation. But yeah. I know people who have come yeah. up to me and are just like, I'm going to talk at you mm-hmm. and we are and I'm going to engage you and mm-hmm. then I'm going to do something and you are going to deal with it. And it doesn't matter how uncomfortable they are making you, <laughs> you can just be like, I guess this is happening right now. Like, people who like don't necessarily understand social cues. Yeah. It was really interesting yeah. seeing a character portrayed like that. I loved it. He reminded me of the old SNL skit with uh, Mike Myers as the kid who was in the harness. He's like, hi. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I don't remember that, but I can. Philip, the kid who has hypoglycemia oh and he's hyperactive. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's how he talked. He's like, hi, do you want to hold your breath underwater? And like when the kid showed up, I was like, it's a little monster. But the thing, though, is like it was it wasn't being made fun of. It was being. Oh, definitely not. It, it was. No, no, no. I think everything in this movie, nothing in this movie was done in a way that was parodying anything. It was just like, this is this is how this is. I don't even know what else to say about it. I want to talk about this movie forever. And um, it just I love it. The one thing that shocked me in it was the scene when they had the police come in and do the the drill for the school shooting. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God, because... That scared me. That like, scared yeah. me. Because, like, is this what kids have to do nowadays? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yep. it's they nuts. They do that as young as, With like, first guns? grade. Yeah, the, like, bang, like, shooting people. I don't know people. they do that's, that. That's they, messed they up. They I was still like, do those I was like, drills. this is a real thing? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, I remember having, like, the shooter drills, but I don't remember seeing somebody, like, walk through being like, bang, you're dead, bang, you're dead. Like, that's messed up. We had to do Mr. Locke, where you would... 
they would say, Mr. Locke, please report to the main lobby. And then we would all have to lock oh my God. and barricade the doors. We, we would, when we did it, it was, you had to hide in a corner that couldn't be seen from the door. From the door and then yeah. someone would walk by and look in your door. I think it was like one of the principals or vice yeah. principals or something. And then your class would get a citation if someone could be seen or something. And wow. they'd be like, they'd send someone to your room to be like, okay, so what did you do wrong? And we'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm in fifth grade. Yeah. What is going on? We actually had a scare when I was in high school. Um, it turned out to be a, a carpenter, a guy who was coming oh in to, to fix something, but he had a hammer. So this kid who was a foreign exchange student is like, there's a man with a gun. Oh, so they locked That's it down. Messed up. And, yeah. and I was in the classroom, and one of the... One of the guys in the class had to go to the bathroom, so he had to, he had to pee in a bucket, <laughs> and oh we all God. had to turn around. Oh my well, God! Do what you gotta do. Solid. We had a couple of bomb threats. I say we up. definitely had yep. a bunch of bomb threats. We had bomb threats. Um, yeah. My senior class prank was somebody uh, put a bunch of bullets uh, in the what? hallway. Oh, that's Shit. nice. Yeah, that's, Are you it, that's what we say. It was our senior class prank because oh. we didn't actually do one. Yeah. Um, yeah. One day, somebody just like that's put a bunch of bullets in the hallway, oh. and then. They sent us home, and then there there was a a note found on a computer in the library that said, like, I'm going to shoot up to school tomorrow. Lovely. So we were told we, it was optional to come to school the next day. We, um, somebody had a list. Yep. We had someone with a list uh, oh my one, God. one year. So I went to school that day, and, like, no one was there, but counted as a school day. Our school prank was we filled the library with 99 lift balloons. That's not bad. That's a good one. That's that's harmless. I that's like a nice that. one. I like that. So back to eighth grade. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we're getting. See, we're, it, it's making us feel nostalgic. It made me feel a lot of the same feelings that Ladybird made me feel. Oh, um, I still haven't seen Ladybird. But Ladybird Lady is about four years later. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally when her going into college. Yeah, right? it's yeah. literally the same thing. But I need to see that. Movie. I know four she gets later. into NYU because of the uh, Andy Samberg song. It's, um, yeah. If you liked Lady Bird, I can't imagine you wouldn't like Eighth Grade and about, vice versa. Okay. okay. They're two very similar feeling movies, just mm-hmm. about two different time periods or periods in yeah. your life. Also, oh. the, the main girl in mm-hmm. Eighth Grade, yeah, Elsie Fisher. Fisher. She she's in Despicable Me One and Two. She's the voice of she's Agnes. She's a voice, right? Yeah, I, I was reading about that. I saw that. That's really cute. I, she's I, not in three. No, no she she got she was too she old. She was doing. Uh, Eighth grade instead. Oh, I, I, I the one that I read said that she, her voice had changed too much, yeah. so she couldn't do it. Three, hey guys. three was also bad. So. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I, we watched an interview with Bo Burnham, um, oh. just talking about the movie in general, really cool. and he was talking about what was her name? Sorry, Chelsea. Elsie Fisher. Elsie Fisher. Chelsea. I don't know. He was talking about. I'm Chelsea really Clinton. bad with. Dwight I'm, doesn't do names. I'm terrible with the names of actors it's and actresses okay. and stuff like that. But um, he was talking about her and like how great she is, what she is. Um, and I forget. I think he was on Kimmel. And yeah. um, and Kimmel was like asking asking questions. She was like, "Yeah," and she wasn't cast in her high school production. Like she wasn't cast in her high school play. Like going into her freshman year oh, of, wow. of yeah. uh, high school. Yeah. And so Bob Burnham was just like, "Fuck you, Mister So and So." Wow. <laughs> it was really funny. But it's just it's insane to me that somebody who was literally just in like in three movies at least yep. isn't being cast in. Well, yeah. I mean, high school stage acting and movie acting very are different. very different. Are. So stage acting is a lot more over the top. Yep. So I could, I could see it, but it's just funny. I, I, yeah, it is funny. Now I definitely hope she gets nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> I know, like what that a would big be like fu. 
Um, they yep. just really hope Bo Burnham makes more movies. Like this oh, is a really will. cool. Um, I know there was some. I watched one review or whatever that was complaining about like the cinematography and like whatever. And I'm like, you know Who what? Cares? Who cares? It's not about that for this. I understand. Type of, I understand what he's saying. What are you talking about? Because there were some shots that were like super distracting. Yeah, like but you the know one what? where like she's in the bed and the father pokes his head in, and it's just a long so shot. weirdly framed. It's I don't so, care though. Like the two, your focus is so far apart. But it's hard to but look think at. of that as a visual metaphor. They're so far apart. I can see the visual uh, metaphor. It was still hard to look. I don't at. like when people are like. I don't like this movie because... Well, it didn't say he hated this movie. It was like, I don't like this movie because of the cinematography. I'm like, did it have a good story? Did it make you feel something where the character's good? Like, that's the stuff that's important yeah, to but, me. But and I can look past cinematography and lighting and stuff like that if, if the story is good and the characters are relatable. But is cin- that your Kayla moment? <laughs> cinematography is yes. one half of... Uh, movie making it's visual storytelling you need to have it look good but if you have a movie that looks good and the story is blah I don't care I don't want to watch it just I, because it looks good I think he was going for more look. of a like YouTube look like, yeah just more, a very a, basic mm-hmm. and you know it's I'm okay a little with it. distracting but I'm okay with it there have been so many documentaries mm-hmm. on like okay. if you watch any documentary from the early like 2000s late 90s when they started using a handycam like yep. Jerry Seinfeld's documentary comedian yeah. is shot on like a Sony handycam and it looks super distracting mm-hmm. but that's the feel that I was getting with this well the yeah. the cinematographer what cuz I I'm the one who sent you that that uh, yes, review I know. Tiffany the cinematographer um does stand up specials so you can like oh. clearly see that in this movie all right i'm on Dwight's side <laughs> i don't know i had no problem with <laughs> it i had no issue with it because i was so for the most part, it was fine. I was so in, like captured by the story and the characters, and just how everything just felt. There was there was a couple shots that I loved because like you were like behind, behind um, different characters, and you mm-hmm. almost like you were walking with them. Like it, some of it was I thought pretty creative, and I don't know. How did you feel every time they showed the guy she had a crush on? Every time that oh my same God, four it. chords started playing, I love it. Yeah, it was because it's weird. so great because he's just that stereotypical kid. Like I would have had a crush on in eighth grade. Like he's just not. You look Keanu at Reeves. you you look at like kids like that now, and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Oh, gross. Like because he's just like this wiry little obnoxious kid, like little horny kid. Oh yeah. Is it weird that some of the best movies being made in the last few years have been by comedians? Like The Big Sick was last year with Kumail Nanjiani, and he wrote that. And this is Bo Burnham, and like then the, even the stuff like um, um, Get Out. What's his? Oh, like, Jordan yep, Peele. Yep. All that's yeah, interesting. I don't think it's weird. Um, I think it makes hmm. a lot of sense actually, because um, and uh, comedians like to do comedy, you need to have like every other skill set. So yeah. for them to be able to like go into these other genres, yeah. it just makes sense to me. I don't know. I think it's cool. Branch out. I agree. I loved it. I can't wait Alex for it to come out so I can watch it again and just cry. Like this is a movie I would put on when I'm feeling sad and I just want to cry about like everything. Gucci. Which is very fair. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It's like some it's something. I don't really know. Does it have to do with Gucci gang? Gucci. I think so. Does it mean like looking good or feeling good? Or? We're gonna look it up. We we are so old. Yep. It's lit, These fam. Kids Urban with their dictionary. Rock and roll music in their dubsteps. <laughs> it would be like saying Pikachu when we were younger. <laughs> no. No, I don't know what it would. I don't know if there's an equivalent to when uh, we were younger. Gucci is a high quality, very popular designer brand. So in no slang, shit. Gucci refers to something that's highly coveted. So it's also. Uh, 
it's also phonetically similar to the word good. Gucci is also used for a slang for that so, word. It's all Gucci so or we're Gucci means everything's all we're good. going well. Like Gucci. Oh. It's all good. It's okay. all Gucci. Okay, so Gucci. Well, Gucci. Now I'm taking points off the movie. I'm just kidding. Um oh, it's super accurate. Yeah. Alex, what would you great. think of it? The worst movie you've ever seen? I really liked it. Cool. You know what movie I really liked? Um, Sorry, I'm reading the, the Urban Dictionary for Gucci. What um, else does it say? Okay. It says, to refer to someone as being okay, good, doing fine. To also tell someone everything is fine. Uh, hey, I didn't mean to bump into you. No problem. You Gucci. You Dang. Go- did you see old boy? He Gucci. It's the name of this episode Apparently. now. You Gucci. <laughs> Wait, um, did they say old boy? Old boy. No. Old Boy boy the movie? That's not Gucci. Old Boy the movie's so Gucci. Not what happens in the movie, but the movie itself is very Gucci. Um, What movie did Dwight like? Is that what what we're transitioning to? What is um, your grade? Yes. Well, Tiffany had a movie that made her tear up and feel very, very sad. No, I sobbed. Sobbed. I didn't sob at this movie. I sobbed at any grade. We've also all seen, except for Tiffany, Tiffany hasn't seen, Christopher Robin, which is the new Disney movie that is a sequel to the original Winnie the Pooh storyline that has to deal with an adult Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this movie wrecked me. Destroyed me. Winnie the Pooh is my all-time favorite Disney character, period, no qualifier, full stop. It, it, he is my favorite thing that Disney has ever made. I watched the sh- I watched the um, the animated show growing up. Mm-hmm. I watched the live action show growing up. I watched the movies over and over again. Um, I loved it. This movie, or Winnie the Pooh, affected me so much that I my vernacular has been like altered by it. Mm-hmm. I say. Wednesday, mm-hmm. and Tiffany used to make fun of me until like, and I didn't you even still. realize I was doing it. Well, when, when I first, when she first heard me start to say it, still makes fun of me. But and it wasn't until like a couple years later that like, because she was mocking me for it, and then I rewatched the Winnie the Pooh thing, and I was like, oh my god, that's where I learned it from. Yep. Like this Winnie the Pooh was something that was like hugely important to me, and this movie was everything I could have wanted from a Winnie the Pooh movie. Mm-hmm. It was. So good. Alex, what's this movie about? Um, this movie is about uh, Winnie the Pooh. Um, it's really about Christopher Robin. He's grown up. He's uh, left the Hundred Acre Wood or wherever he was living. Um, and he's gone into the city and started a family and gotten a job and become an adult. And he's kind of, you know, forgotten about his friends from the hundred acre wood and doesn't, doesn't go back and visit anymore. He's busy Mm -hmm. being an adult and it's about those worlds kind of crashing together. Yes. Um, What did did you think of the movie, Scott? I loved it. This of the remakes. This one has been my favorite of the, I don't think it's a remake. I think it's, it's a straight sequel, right? It is a straight sequel, but of the whole live actioning, beloved cartoon movies this one has been my favorite like this then pete's dragon um sorry tiffany but beauty and the beast is (laughs) is kind of low thanks i hate it that's fine (laughs) it's not for everybody um 
But this one was my favorite. I Same. I thought Ewan McGregor was like, as soon as I heard they were doing Christopher Robin, I'm like, who are they going to cast? And then they, the next day I was like, Ewan McGregor is playing Christopher Robin. I was like, duh. He was perfectly cast. Like, I, I was not 100% sold on this movie, watching mm-hmm. the trailers and um, just like going into it because I was really nervous about how they were going to handle basically the puppets or the the animals interacting with the real world but you and mcgregor i think it was from star wars like acting against a green screen and acting against nothing really trained him for this moment because transpotting he, i haven't seen transpotting no, just kidding definitely not trained. No. yeah that's the drug one right yeah. yeah where he like pukes on a baby or something like that out of a toilet <laughs> pukes a baby out of a toilet there we go so um that's the name of the episode so he did fantastic. Like he's gotten to that point where he's like old enough to sell like this type of um, like fatherly interaction yep. with people. I don't know. It was great. He was he was fantastic. This movie did everything that I could have wanted a Winnie the Pooh story to do. Like mm-hmm. it opened exactly where I wanted it to open. It did some things I wasn't expecting. Like the transition from the opening sequence to the adult stuff was something I didn't know that I needed or wanted from my Winnie the Pooh story. But it gave it to me, and it was like, I, ugh, I had like this is okay, embarrassing in middle, but I had like tears in my eyes mm-hmm. for the majority of like this opening stuff. Every time that Pooh was on on screen, because like the animals, like they don't bury the lead on this one. Like the animals are there. Yep. Like from from scene one, Pooh, Kanga, Rob, uh, Christopher Robin, uh, Tigger, Piglet, Owl. They're all there, and it's amazing. And so just, like, seeing that, oh, so good, so good. Just seeing them, like, react to everyone, perfect. I like this part. I also love that they made Owl and Rabbit actually an owl and a rabbit, and then everyone else was stuffed animals. Was a stuffed animal. I did not like that. Um, I agree. Which is, which is like, it, it's, it's fine to have the, these differing opinions, obviously. That was weird to me i didn't understand why they made that specific decision should i leave now no you don't know no, 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 no. <laughs> like it, it's i i think it's cool that you like that because it's just weird to me because like looking at the cartoon like there's no other way that i could actually like I, when i took a step back and thought about it there's no other way i could visualize them interpreting owl because i think he would have looked exceptionally strange as mm-hmm. some sort of like a puppet or like a stuffed animal because he yep. needs those feathers he needs that like ability to puff himself up like he does Rabbit weirded me out though, because yeah. it just like I wasn't expecting him to be a, a real rabbit. I was expecting, you know, the yellow. like the the yellow exactly like him to look more like his. Um, I mean, they could have done cartoon. that. They could have made him a blonde bunny. Oh yeah, yeah, it, that would have been nice. I do like. Oh, I, weird. Sorry, I was just I was just looking, looking at, at a him? picture of him. <laughs> that that's weird. He's just a rabbit. Yeah, yeah I don't hate that though. What I do like that they did, though, was they removed those two characters from the last act. Yep. Those two characters didn't come with them, which... So, I want to talk about the structure of this movie. Um, it felt like an old Winnie the Pooh movie. So, if you've ever watched the old uh, Winnie the Pooh, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was a theatrical release that they stitched three short films together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blustery Day, uh, Honey Pot, Honey Tree, and... Ticker two. Uh, so they, they stitch those three together. And so it's basically three different just stories. Mm-hmm. And this movie felt like that a lot with the first section was all about Christopher Robin and the second section was all about his daughter. And it just felt like two completely different plots. There was a clear like 
midpoint where things separated. And that felt so Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was great. Alex, you're being very quiet. I was less hot on this movie than you two. I know. Um, I feel like for a movie that I think it was only like 90 minutes, it felt like three hours to me. There were, there was, it was just a little too long. Um, there was a lot I would have cut out, but overall I liked the general themes of it about like, you don't have to grow up and you can always like, you always have time to be a child and also the family, the familiness to it. Like I liked the themes to it. I loved the way the characters were animated and their interactions with the humans. Like when you see you and McGregor hug Pooh, it looks so real oh and you're just god. like oh my god this is so good um that's the scene that destroyed me when I, him oh, and Pooh are crying and they're when, holding each other when they're sitting on the the log together that's, yeah that, that destroyed me. i don't want to see this movie i'm going to cry the entire third act i thought was perfect yep i i loved the third act i felt like the first two acts could have been condensed down in almost half mm-hmm. and i would have loved that movie on its own um i Really, I I liked it. I didn't hate it. I I just I also grew up with Winnie the Pooh, and I was expecting something slightly different. Were you expecting something less plot driven? Even though there wasn't that yes. much plot, I was expecting something a little more adventure yeah. and less plot. Even and there wasn't a whole lot of plot. No, but there was more than I was expecting, and it was just a little more drawn out. Like I wanted. Pooh to be with Christopher Robin sooner than he was. And he was there pretty soon. Yeah, I was going to say, within the first 15 minutes, he was there. Well, you also have to take into account the opening sequence, yeah. which... The opening sequence, which I know you loved, Goddamn was my least favorite part of the movie. <gasps> I I checked my watch like three times. I was like, wow. how long is this opening going to be? I was line for line reciting the opening as it was happening. Because like it's, it's, a, it's the classic yeah. Christopher Robin going away party. Spoiler alert. Oh, I know. So like I knew like uh, like so I I can understand that because like for me it's just like I'm seeing one of my favorite things of all time yep. translated into a different medium and it for me it was like one to one worked perfectly yep. but I can understand that being like we've seen this before this yep. is tedious let's get over it Th- that was really what what I was all about I'm like I understand that I I don't think it was poorly done no it way. was just it didn't work for me I and. I know you said Winnie the Pooh is the greatest Disney character ever. He's my favorite. He's your favorite. Mine is Eeyore. That's e- equally Eeyore fine. is my favorite Disney character ever made, period, full stop, whatever you said before. <laughs> no qualifiers. Uh, no qualifiers. Eeyore, uh, he's my spirit animal. He is the greatest Disney character. Every time I go to Disney, I get something Eeyore related. Nice. That's weird because one of my favorites, like tied for number one, is Jiminy Cricket and Piglet. Nice. Because I've always loved Piglet. Piglet's fantastic. Tigger is my favorite. Well, this is amazing. (laughs) So weird. Um, So weird. Have you ever seen, um, I think it's called A Day for Eeyore? Maybe. Okay, so so it was, there was the three Winnie the Pooh shorts um, that got made into Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And then there was a fourth one that came a couple years later. I think it was attached to the re-release of A Sword in the Stone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was called Winnie the Pooh. And I think it's called The Day for Eeyore or something like that. Eeyore's Big Day or something like that. Eeyore's Big Day. Eeyore's Big Day. It's it's it's, it's like a 15-minute, 20-minute short. Um, 
the way that Eeyore is introduced in that short mm. is identical to the way that he shows up in this movie. Yep. And I was just like, the little touches and nods about things like that, I was nerding out about. Yep. It was just so awesome. Eeyore stole the movie. He was he great. He truly did. But Eeyore's the greatest thing to ever exist. So, But I asked you I beg to differ. earlier, did you not think he was kind of super suicidal in this movie? Well, he always has been. But this one, <laughs> it just felt way darker. It, it, this one, I think because, not that the other stuff isn't aimed at children, but this one just felt really explicit. Yeah. Like, there's a point where he says, like, leave me here to, to rot or something like that, or leave me here it's to... It's the waterfall, right? Yeah. Just let, it, let just the water let, wash over me or something Yeah, it like was that. something really messed up. I, I've always looked at... Eeyore is very suicidal. See, I've never seen, I've never yeah. read him as suicidal. No, I've totally just read him suicidal. as like depressed uh, and, and not caring. Um, I've never read him as suicidal. I've I've looked at it both ways. It's very dark. He's um, very dark. At, at Fitchburg. Know, that doesn't say anything about me. <laughs> in college, one of our friends photoshopped for message design, talk to your friends about suicide. Oh and it, it, it's the image from the Winnie the Pooh Halloween one where they look terrified mm-hmm. so they took tigger and piglet and rabbit and poo looking horrified and it's just eeyore's legs oh and wow and <laughs> i was like oh my god and because the whole the whole project for that was taking beloved cartoons and making it like a serious cry for help like twisting it and yeah, like a psa yeah that ended up in visions i think that's aw- that's amazing this Visions was like, was like the showcase of this all the was students' 2005, work. Like our freshman year. That's I don't remember that, but that's amazing. I, I remember seeing it. I was like, "Oh my god, it's dark." <laughs> um, but, so speaking of depressing and dark stuff, I have yeah, a couple. I'm fine. I have a couple. <laughs> we'll get to you later. I have a Our couple. Marriage is couple good. Of, Thanks for asking. Wow, I have a couple of disappointments oh, okay. with this. One, I was really hoping to actually see a heffalump or a woozle. Ooh. All you really get is the um, the bubbles, yep. which was cool. But I was really hoping that you would get to see a heffalump and or woozle. <laughs> it's a little bit of a dis- disappointment. I've already talked about. I know. <laughs> it's just I I love say the word woozle again. Woozle. It's just so heffalumps and woozles. I love it. Um, I've already talked about. I didn't. I uh, didn't really stick with me or translate well the actual rabbit the actual mm-hmm. um owl i okay i understand why he's not in the movie but i really wish that they would give gopher more to do in general gopher hasn't been in anything i think recently because he's in uh he was an original character created just for the animation mm-hmm. he wow. wasn't actually in the original book he even says it a whole bunch in the original stuff he's like I'm not in the book. Um, I, I wish didn't that, know th- that I wish that they would like incorporate him because he's a cool Winnie the Pooh character. Gopher is awesome. I, I think he's really funny. I think a Tigger movie was the last time they used him. Or Piglet's it's possible a Piglet's big movie or whatnot. I know he was in like the show and stuff like that. But um, I, I wish Gopher was in it. I thought he it. was just a character. Nope. Huh. Uh, well, he he is, but he's not I've, original. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've never read the book. If he's so. not OG, then get him out. Clearly. <gasps> yeah. Which is like a little bit disappointing to me because <laughs> this this plays as a straight up sequel to the original Winnie the Pooh stuff. Right. So I wish that he was included in some way. Um, also, I know you would talk about like the you really liking the uh, the family childhood yeah. adult stuff. It was it was good, but it was a little bit obvious. Oh yeah, like it was, which is fine for well, a movie, is, like a, for a, a kids, kids movie. movie. It was a very clear and obvious message. It was a very good message, but it was like, 
Okay, I see how this is going to go. But I really liked it. I liked Christopher Robin's family. I loved the balloon. The balloon sequence where right after he first buys the balloon, it made me think of like my grandmother. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. And it devastated me. I was watching this in a Chunkies. I I specifically went off to the side. I was going to say, also talk about how you went to see this by yourself. Oh yeah, I saw this by myself. (laughs) Because I'm an adult now. I had to work Solid. late last night. I had to switch my schedule at the last and minute. And I had so. to see it to talk about it for the podcast. And so. Dwight went by himself to see this movie and cried in the and, theater. And he came home and he was just like... Mm. Well, Tiffany wasn't here when I came I home. I wasn't here. So. Yeah. She was working. Uh, the one thing... My only problem with the movie was the neighbor. Yeah, that went weirdly he nowhere. Was weird. Because he's like, come on, I'm going to play cards with you. I mean, the only reason he existed was to get Christopher Robin to the park. Right. Which, like, they could have come up with another reason to get in there. I agree. That guy was weird. But he was my favorite character. Uh, I'm sure he was. <laughs> really? I'm sure. No, he no. wasn't. You uh, was. Alex was being a dick. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I'm glad I immediately knew I was bullshitting. Uh-huh. Um, the, scene, the scene that really got me is when Winnie the Pooh comes back. He's in his house for the first time. He's just watching him eat honey, and he's just amazed. <laughs> the way Ewan McGregor's just like, oh, my God, this is incredible. It, that that also put a lump in my throat too yeah. because he's seeing his like best friend for the first time in almost what thirty years. So we haven't talked about this yet. Fucking Jim Cummings <laughs> is Jim so Cummings. goddamn perfect. Did you like, like that they gave him a starring role, yes. like a starring credit? Yes, it was it was so good. It, it, he is like he has embodied Pooh since the seven, the eighties. Yeah. Like he is like so perfect, and he is the Winnie the Pooh that I remember growing up with. He's also super nice. Yes, Tiffany's met him. I've met him. I haven't. I met him and I had him record um, him saying hi to Dwight in his Winnie the Pooh voice. In the Pooh voice. And it <laughs> damn near broke super, me. He was super, super nice. <laughs> I have that audio. I'll probably drop it in. It's- hey, Dwight. This is Jim Cummings. You don't know who I am. But you'll never guess who I ran into at the school today. All I can tell you is she's just as sweet as honey. Bye-bye. Awesome. Do you have the video? The video file? I uh, have it. Yeah, you sent it to me, I think. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's so cool. Oh my god, it's amazing. So like Jim Cummings was perfect in this movie. Yes, Obviously, was. it's not I'm even. I'm glad a he got to do Tigger also because originally it was gonna be Chris O'Dowd. Oh really? And they fired him. Good. Because it didn't sound right. Well, I don't. Okay, I understand. Here's another issue I have with the movie. I understand the appeal or the need to cast big name actors in your big name movie. Right. But there are people who have been playing these characters for years now. Yeah. Like the Disney bench, who is like who has been voicing these characters, should be the ones who voice the characters. Well, I agree. That's why it was like a big deal that Jim Cummings was voicing Pooh because usually they go with like celebrity casting, like and. Jim Cummings has been voicing Tigger since the 80s as well, so it's insane that they would have recast him when he's the perfect voice for Tigger. Well, Bud Lucky was the original voice of Eeyore in the 80s, and the reason why they didn't cast him is because he died. Well, no, see, that's fine, but once he died, Eeyore has been replaced by somebody who has been voicing Eeyore since then. Like That's how it works with Disney, usually. Well, now it's Brad Garrett. Yeah, okay. Now it's Brad, and I'm glad that they did that, but Every time he said, oh, just leave me here, I was waiting for him to go, Raymond. <laughs> it was a good voice, though. He did a good job with Eeyore. I think he did a great I job. I liked him. Eeyore, Eeyore was the best character in the movie. My Full wife, stop. Eleanor. Or what was it? Eleanor, my wife. Oh, yeah. Eleanor, my wife. That was cute. Oh, those are my favorite things about Pooh, is when he like misunder- misinterprets things yeah. or like just has Fish like a... Fish in the a- sea? What? Fish in the sea? Fish in the sea, yeah. Oh, so good. Efficiency. Efficiency. Ah. 
Um, I like the video. I, it's not from this movie, but I, I like Dwight every once in a while will send me pooisms and he'll be like, I am poo. What was the one you sent me? And he had, he had fluff in his ear. Oh, uh, it's from the show. <laughs> and Pooh is like falling asleep and like not listening to what Rabbit's saying. And Rabbit's like explaining this over like this giant plan. And so he asked Pooh, Pooh, did you hear what I'm saying? And Pooh goes, oh, no, I didn't hear you. I had some fluff in my ear. <laughs> and Rabbit goes, okay. Well, when did you stop hearing me? And he goes, when the fluff got in my ear. <laughs> and it was amazing. It's just so cute and innocent. And hearing just you guys talk about this movie makes me like need to go see it. I, I will go see this okay. movie again. I, want, I need so to go good. see it. Ha- have you read The Tao of Pooh? I, I read a not. little bit of it. Well, I think I, we have it. We have it because Brian gave it to us. Yeah. I, I was given <laughs> it. At the end of eighth grade, they actually gave oh. it to me because I was very stressed out. Solid and I, connection. Oh. That's awesome, that. and and I I didn't do that oh, on yeah, purpose. That's but awesome. but at at the end of of my eighth grade, when I was thirteen years old, they gave it to me because I was a stressed out little thirteen year old boy, and they're like, "Calm down, be more like Pooh." Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what is the matter with you? He does, isn't there like an exercise book or something too? There's an they, they've done a couple things like the Tao of Pooh, where they've taken Poohism. There's a Tao of Tao of Piglet as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, Piglet's so um, cute. How did you feel about when he did his uh, morning routine? The stoutness exercises? Yeah. Loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> Seeing it in live action like blew my mind. It was weird that he had a second floor to his house, Whoa. says the weird. purist. Um, <laughs> but it was cute. He's supposed to have a studio apartment. He is. Every time Dwight says something, I'm surprised he's not like pushing up his glasses and going, well... It's well, an actual winning Dwight, award. I can hear your glasses through yeah. the podcast. Who is one of my favorite things? It's, so, like, it, who, I know yeah. the property. So, like, seeing things differently is weird. Like, it was weird for me when they showed the outside of Pooh's house and he had, like, a weird little bridge in front of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not usually that big. It was, like, rickety and looked like he was going to fall. That's what she said. I, I realize we talked about this for a long time. Say I apologize. Again. I love Woozles and Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. What they Sorry. did with the 100 Acre Wood, and they made it, like, terrifying yeah like there was like points like because christopher robbins left and like mm-hmm. they, they show up and there's all this like fog apart. and like it looked really intimidating and evil and I, oh, oh, it was so spooky and that was the, my that was the scene that like was the biggest gut punch to me mm. when, just seeing it like in kind of like being decrepit well, and, yeah and what yeah. christopher robbins talking to poo about at that point uh. was just oh I want to see this movie, but I'm going to have to like sedate myself before because I'm going to sob through the entire thing. I think I got really teary eyed when whenever Pooh said, please, that really got me. He's like, but I would like a balloon, please. I was like, oh, my God, I got to leave. He's so sad. Pooh is the best. His balloon made me so happy. Yeah, I saw this in a packed theater. I went when I went to the critic screening of it, saw it in a packed theater. And before the movie started, Everyone was talking. No one would stop. And as soon as the music started, the the you know Winnie the Pooh theme, everyone shut up. They used the Pooh theme in like precision bomb strikes in this movie. <laughs> like there was like times where like because it was always an instrumental version, yeah. and like yeah. it was like it's like the most like emotional points. It was stop. so good. Did you like that they gave the original composer credit? Did they? I didn't see that. John awesome. Bryan did the music for the movie, but the the guy who composed it mm-hmm. got credit also. That's so it's great. Like John Bryan and that's fantastic. That makes me really happy. I just can't believe that 
this is the this is the movie that we're talking about. I mean, I I know I haven't the seen longest, it. The longest, I apologize. No, 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 but but just seeing the trailer, like I thought it was gonna fall in line with like like the Beauty and the Beast remake and and, and the Maleficent and Cinderella and all those other kind of live actiony remakes that were kind of like okay. It, it comes down to director. Yeah, and this was the guy who did Finding Neverland. Ooh, so I can see just, how that tone matches. I'm mm. just really really happy for you, Dwight, that you got the Pooh movie that you. It, wanted and deserved. It felt like a proper poo movie. Yeah. That's like the most important thing. Yeah. And that's really great. Uh, which I didn't feel, not that I hate, I didn't dislike Beauty and the Beast, but I didn't quite feel that attached to it. Like whatever, however many months out, I'm like, I couldn't give a shit about Beauty and the Beast. Like in the moment, I'm like, oh, this was really good. I cried. It was wonderful. And like, I don't really care anymore about it. It was fine. It was fine. Beauty and the Beast. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. So it's, I'm glad that you got your movie. Thank you. Next year, when Aladdin comes out, I'm going to be really pissed. Uh, <laughs> I, mm. They had the trailer for the Mary Poppins movie before mine. Yeah, that looks shockingly good. It does. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm, saw that with something else. It's and it possible, looks good. but like Super Bowl Sunday, they should they. I, I, maybe yeah, that's I what it was. Something, yeah. But th- this is the first time I like I saw it because well, uh, it opens up on the uh, on the street and I know I recognize the uh, the ship house and I was like Mary Poppins. It's it looks good. Like the aesthetic. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that'd be amazing. The aesthetic looks fantastic, and yeah. like the tone that the as I talked about earlier, the the lying trailers strike makes it look good. But yeah. I trust that one over like the Megs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never disliked Mary Poppins because I watched it a lot, but I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies. But I'm Definitely thinking about not. how many times I watched it as a kid, and it was a lot. It has what some if, amazing moments. It did, yeah. What if that was the plot of Mary Poppins Return? She has to fight Jack the Ripper. She has to fight the that Meg. That would be amazing. That would be, Actually, that would be and like they like go into like her bag and like it's like this like crazy awesome. world. Just right yeah, that'd be fantastic. Take a spoonful of medicine or a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, she like scoops out his eyes. <sighs> Alex, have you seen any other movies? <laughs> yeah. Transitions. That was a transition. Transition. I mean, transition. okay. I'm just gonna touch on three movies real quick that I saw. Um. Starting from worst to best. Ooh. <clears throat> no, go from best. No, go from worst to best. You want me to go from worst to best or best to worst? Uh, no, go from worst to okay, best. Okay, from worst to best. So I saw this little ditty last week Ooh. called Ooh. The Happy Time Murders. Wow. Which is directed by Brian Henson and is a Henson. They have a name for their like adult. Henson movie. Henson uh, After Dark. Hen- basically. Nice. It's like Henson, Henson After Dark Productions is basically what it is because it's like an adult Muppets movie. Dark puppet. Um, Ooh, dark except, puppet. Except it is truly, truly, truly terrible. It is one of the few times I've ever wanted to walk out of a movie. Wow. Um, it, Like... 15 minutes into the movie, I knew it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it just kept following up on that. Like every single beat. There were maybe three or four times that I laughed out loud. And it was when everyone else in the theater was silent. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was laughing at these like offhand jokes that were like clearly like kind of off the cuff jokes. And I was like, Oh, that was funny. And then they do. They do a scene where the main character jizzes yeah. for like We've seen a, the trailer. a solid minute. Yeah. yeah, that was in the trailer. It's like yeah. a minute trailer. or a minute and a half. And people are cackling. And I'm just like, this isn't funny. I think it's kind of funny. But then there's like one line of dialogue that is hilarious and actual comedy. And everyone else is like, no, this isn't funny. And I'm like, 
the fuck is you wrong with the world? You are not the target audience for this the movie. What the fuck is wrong with the world? It is ter- horrible. I hate Melissa McCarthy. Ugh. I hope she never gets cast in another movie ever again because all she makes is shit. Like, she has not been... Tammy, one of my, the She's worst movies I've ever seen. Identity Thief, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, what else? Um, Don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. Melissa McCarthy is a stain on the world, and wow. I like I hate her with all my heart. I hope she listens to this. But she's sucky. Wow. She, she's great in Gilmore Girls. Great in Gilmore Girls. Never seen it. She should just do that more often and stop being in absolute piles of shit. Can I ask for a spoiler for the movie? Sure. I think I figured out uh, Elizabeth Banks. She's one of the bad guys, right? Yeah. Because as, as soon as they showed Melissa McCarthy, you're like, she's not going to be the bad guy. And then in the trailer, you see Elizabeth Banks, and you're like, oh, she's, she's one of the bad guys. That makes sense. Elizabeth Banks is one of the bad guys. I, I was hoping kind that's of. so weird. I was hoping that they would do it that it's Joel McHale. Um, that's, oh my, that's almost like too obvious. It's, it's such a, a good movie. It's a terrible movie. It upsets me that it made any money. Wow. It upsets me that anyone would say that it was at all good. I don't think many people are. It is, it is yeah, absolutely unwatchable. Isn't it like 7% rotten? I think it's like 13% or something. Yeah, it's pretty low. It, who had this in the draft? Um, Billy. 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 Oh, sorry, it got Billy. $9 million or whatever. Which is fair. The draft is over. The draft is over. Who? Derek won. Derek won. Derek won we're, by we're, like $60 million Yeah, we're going to talk about it on, on the wrap-up. Yeah. Um, but congratulations, Derek. Sorry it took us this long to uh, congratulate you. No. No, I would refuse to congratulate him. Wow. No, that's, that's fine. Congratulations, he Derek. He, he nailed it. I have a neck now. Or chin? Chin. I have no a chin. chin. Do I have a chin? No, you've lost. Do I have a chin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex has lost a lot of weight, so he's got a chin now. Derek. Yeah, yeah Derek. I'm not fat anymore because of you. <laughs> wow. I've gained all No, but you did lose a lot of weight, right? Like. Do you want to say how much? Or uh, do you care? I've lost 45 pounds. Good job. Good for you. I've gained five. Um, I've stayed exactly the same. I am not looking at a scale. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody see Happy Time Murders. Like, this is one of those movies. Usually, if I mildly dislike a movie, I'll be like, catch it on Netflix. Like, yeah. catch it on TBS or whatever. If you ever see this movie, shut it off because whatever else you're going to do is a better way to spend your time. Wow. Like, it- Sitting on your couch, not reading, not looking at your phone, doing literally nothing for 90 minutes is better than watching this movie. It's been in development hell for a decade. Like, it, there's a reason. Well, the, <laughs> the original script was it was like a noir. And the, it sounds like it was nothing like that. No, it's just... Was it supposed to be almost more like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit type thing? Because I think that's what Dwight... That would have been awesome. That's that's what originally it was. If it was basically... That would make way more sense. If they just made Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but with puppets instead of cartoons, it would have been perfect. But instead, they made this steaming turd, which is easily like one of the 10 worst movies experiences I've ever had. It has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, That is like 30% 30 too high. The fact that it's not negative <laughs> upsets me. Um, so, okay, we're now we're just going to keep getting more positive. Um, second movie I want to talk about is called Black Klansman. This movie looks awesome. I realize that you didn't like it that much, I think. I mean, I, Spoiler alert. I, feel, I thought it looked amazing. I feel very mediumly about it. And I'm probably on the positive side of medium. Okay. I think that half of this movie is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the social commentary stuff? Because from the what I The social commentary stuff is what bothered me. Oh, okay. Um, that's actually what piqued my interest on in it. Okay. So, okay. 
I'll talk about this movie briefly without getting too heated. Um, so this movie is about a black cop who infiltrates the KKK. Yes. Um, which on on its own sounds hilarious. But it's based real. On it's, 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 based actually on a, it's based on a true story. Um, so on its own sounds hilarious. Then you hear based on a true story and you're like, oh, my God. So basically what it's about is um, Denzel Washington's son. What's his name? John David Washington. John David Washington uh, plays the black cop. And Adam Driver plays the white cop that has to play him when he goes to meet the KKK people. And he's Jewish, right? And he's Jewish. So um, they both have a little skin in this match, you know? Um, It is very well shot. Um, Everything that happens from once he calls the KKK to, to infiltrate them to basically the end of the actual movie is great. Absolutely great. Yep. There's just a little too much um, rubbing your face in it well, that bothered me. That's what I heard. I heard there's a specific point in the movie where like it's basically movie, 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 and then it almost like breaks the fourth wall and they like they address the camera. Like this is metaphorically. Right. Like they and so basically there's like Look at what is happening, and they really get like doubled down on like the racism yep. message about like you know racism is right. bad and all that obvious yep. stuff. Is that what you had an issue with? So my issue was okay. There's one scene in the movie that's before the KKK bit where it's about um, the the uh, John David Washington. Yep. Sorry, John the football player. John football, David right? Washington. Um, I remember I know him from Ballers, and that's what I always associate him with. John David Washington, his first. Um, job as a cop is to go to this um, like Black Panther rally to make sure that they aren't too aggressive or something because the other cops are very racist. Um, and the speech that is given there feels like it's 20 minutes long. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was about that long. And everything that's said is very poignant and very good, but it doesn't need to be that long and it's only that long because spike lee wanted to really really push people's faces in this is really what this movie's about like they're trying to tell a story that is very interesting and when they do tell that story it is very interesting and my problem with movies like this i had the same problem with detroit the story on its own speaks for itself and it tells what you're trying to tell. When you go out of your way to add extra stuff to be like, if you didn't get it here, here you go. That bothers me. That's what, that's what Spike Lee does because this sounds exactly like the problem people had when Malcolm X came out the first time he made the speeches longer. Yeah. So I didn't have so much issue with Malcolm X. This movie I had issue with and then they super double down at the very end where they show a Trump speech. And I was just like, oh, I, didn't I, know I don't support do. Trump, but like, I didn't need that. I was just like, okay, fuck this. Like I, I wanted to just get up and walk out. I was just like, the movie's over. This isn't adding anything. This to the isn't story. adding There's anything no to the here. movie. Like I'm, I'm there to see a movie. If Spike Lee wants to make a fucking documentary about how racist Trump is and how the KKK is ruining America, go for it. But I don't need it in in this movie. Mm-hmm. That but, was my problem with it. Like, 
so like um, you're saying you don't like it when they like um, aggrandize things. Right. Have you seen like Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station? Yes. So is that how I does that compare? I liked Fruitvale Station. Okay. I actually really liked Fruitvale Station. Um, but this one, so there were parts of it, pretty much everything that happened with the KKK mm-hmm. was amazingly done. I, I loved it. It was very tongue and cheeky. Like, um, they played up the comedy of the fact that it's a black guy talking to David Duke all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was very funny. Um, Topher Grace. Topher Grace was amazing. John David Washington, um, Adam Driver. They, everyone Adam was amazing. Phenomenal. It was it was a great movie. So my issue wasn't with the core of the movie. It was with really just Spike Lee. Okay. It, my what, issue was with Spike like Lee. Would have it been better if Jordan Peele directed it like he was originally it, going to? It would have been better if literally anyone else directed it. George Jordan, Lucas? George Lucas. <laughs> he would have thrown in Jar Jar Banks and it would have been perfect. Jar Jar Binks is a racist character. Second time Jar Jar Binks has come up today. I know I sound terribly racist, but really my issue is uh, when when people push their own political Mm -hmm. opinion into a fictionalization or dramatization of something, it bothers me. It sounds like what you're saying is make America great again. Yes. MAGA. No, no, I understand what you're saying. We're like, the story should speak for itself. Yes. And the rest of this stuff is, it, it's a, it's not a bad message, but yep. it's distracting from right. what you're, the story you were telling. Yep. That, that's how I felt about Black cool. Klansman. Last thing, I saw Searching last night. Great movie. Go see it. What's that? Okay, so yeah. Searching is... Is that the... Um, uh, the John uh, Cho. John Cho, that's so what I was going to say. I was going to say Sulu. Sulu. Jesus. Yep, the, uh, John Cho, the, yeah. uh, of Harold and Kumar fame and Star Trek fame. He's become like a real actor. Not he's that a, he wasn't before, but like huh. he's he's graduated from like yep. the Harold and Kumar style stuff to like he was, actual... He was great in an indie film last year called Columbus. Yep, that's the one I was going to say. Oh, wow. Columbus is great. Um, you guys agreed on something. Um, John Cho... Podcast over. So Searching is about John Cho... Uh, and his daughter goes missing, and he's trying to find her. And the gimmick—I'm going to put "gimmick" in yeah. quotes. The is gimmick it a of the social mo- media. The one? gimmick okay. of the well, movie is that it's shown all it's through. Unfriended. It's it's basically unfriended. I've, I heard about this but movie. But good. It's unfriended, yeah. but good. I just um, literally heard a radio spot about this movie. So like, that sounds interesting. It literally just shows him like mm-hmm. going through her Instagram feed, mm-hmm. going through Facebook. It, like, oh wow! And uh, all the conversations are shown through like FaceTime calls mm-hmm. or um, like home video cameras. It's all through technology. The gimmick of it didn't really catch me as much as just it's a well-told story, mm-hmm. and John Cho does a great job as like this just will stop at nothing to find his daughter father. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good. It, I went and saw it with my Jen, Jen, my friend, friend, of, Jen. friend of the podcast, Jen, friend of the podcast. Well, you, you, your Hi, movie Jen. partner, my movie partner, Jen. Um, and we went out to the uh, dinner color, afterwards. What color is Jen's hair now? I think it's pinkish purple right awesome. now. It's okay. kind of a lighter color. So mm. I think we, she's getting to the end of a dye Ooh. and she's going to dye it again. Awesome. Sorry. Continue. Um, it was dark purple, so Ooh. now it now it's kind of faded to like a pinkish purple. Um, yeah, for anyone on Jen Hair Watch, <laughs> I'm like not. Me. I am. Um, we went to the dinner afterwards, and we both just kept like we'd talk about it for a little bit, and then we pause and we'd be like, "Man, that movie was really good." <laughs> like it was just it was just really good. Um, so yeah, go see it. Yeah, maybe. Scott, have you seen any movies lately that you'd like to talk about? 
Because you're a big movie boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big um, movie boy on the Big Movie Boy podcast. <laughs> um, I actually saw they restored Yellow Submarine. Oh, oh cool. Um, I've never seen. And I, I've never I seen took my movie. dad to see it um, at the Luna Theater in Lowell. How is the Luna Theater? Because awesome. I've heard it's awesome and they it's show so great. many cool things over there. Mill 5 in, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yep. Yep. Uh, if. They have an old vintage vinyl shop, yep. a soda fountain, yeah. uh, farmer's market on Sundays, mm-hmm. yeah. but then the Luna Theater, and they have an old-timey popcorn machine. Oh, that, so cool. And they, they won't serve you anything except soda from a glass bottle. Oh, my God. I saw a Goldfinger there. They've, that must have been amazing. It was awesome. That's so cool. They showed all the Wes the Anderson band? movies last year, and they showed they, White Christmas there last they year. They showed Moonrise Kingdom a few weeks yeah. ago. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah. I need to get over there because I've heard it's really, it, really cool. It, it was awesome seeing. I've never seen a Beatles movie on the big screen. That's so cool. And I've always wanted, last year they mm-hmm. did Hard Day's Night, and mm-hmm. I missed it. So I was like, I'm not missing it. I'm taking my dad. Just tell us when they do Jaws. We'll go see how Jaws. Cool they did that uh, three weeks ago. Son of a bitch. I missed it too. But how cool is that? They're I think doing E.T. We, ugh, pass. <laughs> Hard pass. Really? Hard I pass. I will burn down the theater. <laughs> do you not know of my hatred Tiffany of E.T.? No. I, you sound like my wife. I am terrified of E.T. I you sound like e. my e. wife. E.T. is just a bad movie. E.T. <laughs> makes me, I like if I ever saw E.T., if like, E.T. was real, I would punch the shit out of E.T. When, when Die, we, you fucking alien. Like, when, terrifies me. When terrifying. we went to Universal Studios. Nope. Hello, uh, fat. My, <laughs> my sister's there now. I, I never got to go. We went oh, for our honeymoon. Pass, pass, I never got to go pass. on the E.T. ride. Nope. And... Nope. And Haley goes, I love you so much. I will go on this ride. And her face the entire time was like, oh, fuck this shit. That would be me. I'd like, be she was never been on that ride She either. was so miserable, and I was so excited. But Oh, uh, my God. I would, I would. Did you say your name was Fart? Rye. <laughs> you should have said your name Fart. was Fart. It's like the only Simpsons joke I know. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, my favorite film of the summer has actually been an indie film with Nick Offerman. Oh. Hearts Be Loud. Yeah, how was that? Robin? It was great. It's a modern musical. Yeah. Um, it's like once met with a nice father-daughter mm-hmm. story. Oh. It's about a dad who wants to start a band, and his daughter does not. She wants to go to med school. Um, oh. That was great. Nick Offerman is great. This summer has been, I was telling you guys earlier, mm-hmm. this has been like the worst summer movie it's season. a weird summer movie season. You, you were telling me your theory about um, a 10-year cycle? Yeah, like, so in 98, and, well, every 10 years, 98, 2008, we didn't really get great movies. In mm-hmm. 2008, we, the best ones that summer were probably Dark Knight, Iron Man, WALL-E, and if you want to go technical, Kung Fu Panda. Um, Tropic Thunder? That was 2008? Yeah. Ugh. That was at the same time as Iron Man? It came really? out like three months after Iron Weird. Man. Wow. Oh, he really, uh, Robert Downey Jr. really was in a renaissance, wasn't he? Greatest movie ever made. Uh, was that on your top 10? No, you took it off I your think top I, 10. I took it off my top 10. So you goddamn liar. <laughs> but uh, in 98, we also had Deep Impact and Armageddon and mm. Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Ooh. So, like, like, it's a bad movie. Y- it's a bad movie. When was Volcano? Was that 96? That was 97, 97. but that came out so in like close. the spring. It came out in April because um, 
I my uh, my birthday is April twenty first. I have a friend who was born April twenty second. Wow. And I know that because the day after me. And for his birthday party, we had a sleepover and we went to go see Volcano. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we loved it because oh. we were too young to know any better. Um, it's terrible. I've seen it since then. It's a terrible movie. Greatest movie ever made. Oh, shut the fuck up. And <laughs> I also saw the documentary Three Identical Strangers, which is the scariest film I've seen all year. What's that about? It's about triplets who were separated <gasps> at birth. They were... Oh, that's horrifying. The mother gave them up for adoption, and there's this adoption agency in New York oh, that no. only takes in twins and triplets and separates oh, them God. as a science experiment to see how if they're raised differently. And these that's triplets, one was raised in a rich family, mm-hmm. then one was raised in a middle-class family, mm-hmm. and the other one was raised in blue-collar. And the rich and the blue-collar kids turned out fine, but the middle-class kid oh my God. got the crap beaten out of him by his dad. That's so and it, sad. it's the darkest film that I've seen all year. That's like a real thing, like people getting... Like, I've seen a couple reunion videos where, like, kids are reunited with their twin that they've never met and they're like 13 years old and it's just it, very it's sad weird fascinating a weird it, thing and uh then yeah other than that i this is the one summer that i haven't really gotten to go to the movies um what are movies because Motion on pictures. on writer's bagel basket i've been doing a gimmick all summer i was doing the summer worst. flops summer flops well this might be a good one to go back to you know in a few years the summer of flops yeah. Summer has been weird. This I agree. has been such a weird summer. I hated it. I think it's been a pretty decent summer. Alex, shut <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> Go home. Okay, wow. bye. Bye. No, just kidding. Very cool. Okay, so we've been going for a while. Have we really? Point. Four uh, hours. Wow. Four hours. We, we, we recorded for about 10 minutes four. before we started, uh, and we're at 152. Oh, that's so. not bad. That's pretty good. No, it's pretty long. We, we talked about hours. Winnie the Pooh for one hour. Shari. <laughs> Shari? Shari. Okay. We, Say Wednesday. To... Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> 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 I, just, I almost just choked on my beer. It went down the wrong hole. I just drank a... Well, I it didn't up. go down the wrong hole. You poured it in your <laughs> mouth, right? Well, there's I... two holes in there. One goes to your lungs and one goes to your tummy. It went down the wrong pipe or tube. That's no, a I... hole. Tubes are holes. Yeah, but the hole is really the opening, which is your mouth. It went in the hole. It went down the wrong pipe. But there was a hole inside there. There is multiple. That's actually not true. It's more like a flap. Yeah. Isn't Isn't that what it is? It's like a a flap. This has been such a great conversation. (laughs) Isn't that what it is? Um, So I'd like to thank Scott for joining us this week. Um, Thank you, Scott, for lending your time to... Uh, what what's the name of this podcast? No refunds. Writer's bagel basket. No refunds. Uh, a writer's bagel basket. Uh, joint. Joint. <laughs> a, a Spike Lee joint. A nonsensical uh, ramblings joint. Um, thanks Tiffany for getting drunk. I'm not. I'm not, not I, I ate too much food. Thanks Dwight for really recording. And thanks Alex for all of your like spot on opinions about poo. Wow. About uh, about everything. You're just Alex is the best. Mister right? Steal Your Girl. Miss, that's your new nickname. So I just wish you liked Hail Caesar. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. We're coming back to that. So once again, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on. Did you have a good time? Yes, I always have a great time with you awesome. guys. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. This was a really enjoyable one. I, I, Diarrhea. I, I had a fun time. Um, so we would like to thank um, us for doing this. 
Uh, we'd like to thank the Hyper Potions for their song Time Trials, which you are hearing right now. It is our me? theme song. I would like to thank Tiffany for being actually cute. coming on this episode. Being super uh, she cute. wasn't on the last one, and I'm sure everybody shut it off as soon as they realized it. Yeah. Um, well, you you put a very good warning. Thank you. No Tiffany in this episode. <laughs> You've been warned. And then everyone was just like, delete. I can't wait to see how many people don't download this episode. <laughs> um, our last episode. Oh, and um, so you can email us at norefundspodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook at No Refunds Podcast. You can check out Tiffany's Instagram. No that Refunds I don't Podcast. update ever. Yeah, we mocked you on that one for the last, yeah. the last episode. Yeah. I actually set it to private for a little bit because I got weird people following us. Well, that's the whole Ugh. point of having Instagram, And I don't like it. it. It just mm. creeps right. me out. I guess we don't have an Instagram anymore. So just you have kidding. to request it. Oh, yeah. okay. That's fine. I, I got to rethink the strategy on that you one. You do you, man. Yeah. Do I whatever just get creeped out. Instagram is a really creepy world because um, I have an Instagram for Spencer. And you have weird, creepy people following And I have him. weird, creepy people. And I'm just like. It eh. happens. I think that's part of it. Yeah, but it's. I'm also just posting pictures of a cat. I'm not yeah. talking, you know, I'm not directing people to listen to, to listen our podcast. To listen to your voice. Yeah. yeah, which makes yeah, sense. It's just weird. You do you, man. Okay. Um. Join our Discord. Yep. I'm on it. And I comment on things. Oh, oh, and uh, thank you to Billy and Brian for being the only viewers on our first uh, first stream. Live stream. We did a live stream. At, at, after recording the last episode, we did a live stream. And yeah. uh, Billy and Brian uh, watched quite a bit of it. Um, yeah, Brian, Brian fell asleep, asleep while he was watching. I watched like Tiffany, three seconds Tiffany tuned in, she said. And saw oh. it. I, I couldn't. It was on my phone phone and i had a hard time looking at it because i forget where i was that night you were it was um it was the night before taylor's wedding oh yeah, yeah. i couldn't i couldn't get it on my phone to to it's, go to it's the just right fine app. and cool it's fine um so so we're gonna definitely be doing more of that at some yes. point in the future maybe soon maybe soon Alrighty. so thank you all for listening uh thank you all for joining us yeah talking to everyone else who's hosting thank oh. you once again scott can't thank you enough it's been thank fun thank you guys You're i can welcome. thank you enough i'm done thanking you wow That's thank fine. you again scott <laughs> can't thank you enough <laughs> bye bye Bye. That's I actually fun. was wondering about that. Oh, my mom's calling me. Hey, mom, we're doing a podcast. Can I answer um, this? Yeah, say, say answer hey. it and put her on. Um, put her on speaker. Say hey, hi, hey mom. hi, mom. We're doing a podcast. Uh-huh. I'm doing a podcast. Oh, I thought you were home. I am home. We're doing a podcast. Oh, okay. Because I'm getting ready to go to bed. I'm tired. How's your staph infection? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on sulfur for two more weeks. Are you Are you high? No, I'm just really tired. I know. You're, I'm recording your voice right now. Oh, and then I have antibiotic ointment. <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> the internet the internet will now know about this. Hi, mom-in-law. Hi, Dwighty Pants. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, Dwighty Pants. That's good. Say, hi to, say hi to Alex. Hi, Alex. Uh, hi, Mom. And, and you can, hi. <laughs> and you can say hi to Scott. Hi, Scott. Hi. <laughs> I am so glad I'm on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're just recording, so. All right. You kids be good and go to bed early. Okay. Thanks, Mom. We will. Bye. Bye. Bye, kids. Bye. 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 We should mention that we're all in a giant bed right now. <laughs> yes. Clearly, with our cookies and milk. Do you think it's weird calling other people's parents mom? No. Absolutely not. <sighs> no. Why do you ask, bo- Dad? Mom and Dad. I call my boss Dad because he says, bye, kids. And I say, bye, Dad. 
No, I don't think it's weird. I don't, I don't do it, but I don't think it's weird. No. Okay, because somebody told me it was weird that I call Julie Julie mom. So I figured, no. like, I just I just call Julie mom. Period. Yeah. I don't know what I. Call I'm just her like, anymore. hey mom, or I'll see Bonnie and I'll be like, how's mom? Like, yeah. I don't think that's weird, no, especially well with the relationship that you guys had growing up. Right. You were yeah. like over there all the time. Mom's I was cool. over there a fair amount, but I never got to that point. But mm. I feel like if I did were they say just that, Mr. and Mrs. I, George, do you but I, yes, mm. but I did say bye, mom, when we were at the lake house last mm. time because she said bye, kids, mm. and so I said bye, mom. So, I call her mom all the time. Alex is my dad. What? I thought I was your best <laughs> oh, friend. Oh wait, no, you're my son. Sorry. You can be both. Scott's my dad. I'm your best friend, your father, and your son. 